In this episode, we talk about takeaways from Big Snow Tiny Conf and more. Let's go. Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about founders who are in it for the long haul. I'm Rick, and I run a software-enabled services company called Leg Up Health. And I'm Tyler. On the side, I work with Rick on Leg Up Health, but my main business is a bootstrapped SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. What's going on, Rick? Oh, you know, just moseying along, trying to uh, not fall into the trap of overwork and exhaustion. Based on your, I think this is the first time I've ever seen you with your hair messed up in my life. So uh, how's that going? <laughs> <laughs> well, just just to remember, we've switched our podcast recording times to early morning. I am an hour ahead of you. So yeah, I, I had an hour, an hour more than me to, to you know, get, get ready for the day. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but no, I've, I've gone through a lot. There's like some, you know, cool stuff happening um, that hopefully uh, at some point I'll be able to share on the podcast, but I can't right now. Um, uh, that, you know, not with like up health, but with other entities. And, um, and so that's been a, a, a kind of a, a distraction. Uh, mm-hmm. And then um, windfall, it, it is the, our end of fiscal year yeah, last night and end of quarter uh, into fiscal quarter. And so, um, you know, it was, it was a kind of a, a big sales month and, and, uh, a big, uh, sort of push to finish strong. And we had a really good close to quarter. So I'm, I'm just sort of, uh, in this space of, Oh, what just happened? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm probably gonna, I need to take a day off. Like, I just not sure when I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. probably gonna take a day off, uh, maybe early, early next week, do a yeah. long weekend or something. Cool. How about you? Um, yeah, I, uh, was at Big Snow Tiny Conf last week. Um, I cannot wait to hear about this. Yeah. So, uh, as a reminder for listeners, this is it's called a conference, but it's it was nine nine people this year, so it's not. It's like you go snowboarding and hang out in a hot tub. It's uh, it's hard to really call it a conference, but um, in the evening, afternoons and evenings, each person has to give a talk, and um, it's less of a like I'm smart, here's my wisdom talk, and more of a here are the things I'm dealing with. More like a, a kind of uh, like meetup type of thing, uh, like a mastermind as opposed to a real conference. But um, yeah, it was fun. It was hung out there for three days and uh, learned stuff and had a good time. I always um, I'm curious, like about the stuff that you learned. So uh, you want to dig into that? Um, I'm- yeah, I'm happy to. I, I should say I always have this weird guilt uh, as a founder or like as a founder, you can kind of take whatever privilege you want. And like, I'm doing this podcast during work hours. Is this work? (laughs) I don't know. And I've always like, until the last, until last episode, I always did it after work hours. And there was no question like, this is fine. I I always just feel a little hesitation about stuff that I really enjoy doing and would do for fun. But it's also related to work anyway. So like, when I go to something like this, what I want to do is bring back like a specific idea that's going to drive growth or, you know, something like that. And, uh, that way I can very easily justify it. I don't think I have that, but I, st- I like, I had a great time. I feel really energized about the business. Um, I did learn stuff just, I don't know that any of it was like an idea I'm going to apply to my business, but you know, for example, I got a sense of how other companies are doing and like trick marketing tricks that are working for other people. They don't work for us because it's maybe, maybe more of a sales driven type of approach. I feel like I got smarter. I don't know that I could say any specific thing. I'm like taken back uh, to like last year. I was like whole new positioning because of big snow, tiny cup. I don't think I have that this year. Um, I, w- I mean, maybe, maybe if there's time today, we can hear about the sales marketing tricks because th- that might apply to like a pelt. Yes, it might. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't organize my thoughts on that, so I might want to think about. I, I might want to like write down and try and remember the specifics. Um, but yeah, so okay, a couple things I wanted to share. So I think the theme of my presentation, I I, I was going in and kind of struggling to figure out what to even talk about because the same reason I've said I'm going to have not have much to talk about on this podcast, which is just like for me, 2024 is a year about a year of execution, and it's not fun to talk. Other people don't want to hear me talk about like these dinky little features we're building, you know, like I could be like, Oh, we're going to add color coding groups. Like you don't care about that. Um, neither, neither do the people at big snow. So the, the main point I ended up talking about is just like, I think I'm coming to terms with the fact that the business less knowing CRM is successful enough that at this point, when we make decisions, it's, it's for something else. And part of it, not all of it, but part of it is what makes me happy. Um, and just saying, like, there's a lot of, I, I feel like in the past, there's been a lot of tension in my internal tension for me between, like, the world says you're supposed to do it this way, but I don't want to do that. And so I felt like I'm doing it wrong or something. And what I am I think I'm coming to terms with and really validated at Big Snow TinyConf, I think, was when the world says to do it this way, there's this implication that that's to maximize shareholder value. No one says that out loud. That's just implied. But there are a million other goals you could have other than maximizing shareholder value. And if, if you have one of those other goals, maybe all those best practices or some of those best practices don't apply anymore. Um, and so that was kind of the theme of my talk is just like, there's a lot of stuff that I was doing that I felt bad about that I'm just not feeling bad about anymore. So you, you kind of got reassured that the path that you're on is an okay path um, and probably the right path because it's making you happy. Yeah, I think so. Like last year, there was the, the, the dynamic at Big Snow is like, you're you're giving your talk and people just interrupt you and be like, I disagree. That's stupid. You know, like it's a very uh, no one's afraid of um, disagreeing with you there. And last year I got a lot of disagreement and this year I didn't. Um, and I think a big part of it is because we decided to raise prices. Last year, everyone was like, what the fuck are you doing? Why? <laughs> why haven't you raised prices on your legacy users? And we did this year. And I think everyone's like, all right, that's all we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But, yeah, I, I got I, I felt good. I also felt good. I mean. I, you know, I shouldn't share anything specific about any other business, but I think it's okay to share. Like as a general trend, a lot of the growth challenges that less knowing CRM is having are widespread. It's not just less knowing CRM struggling with this, which like it sucks to take pleasure in other people's misery. And I, I don't, I hope it doesn't come across that way, but like when you're trying something and it feels like, man, this seems easy for everyone else. And why is it so hard for me when you find out, oh, it's actually hard for everyone it's kind of reassuring in a way. So that's another kind of takeaway I had. Yeah. Like you're not, it, it, it's, it's uh, more macro than micro. Uh, it's more, you know, systemic than, than specific to you. Yeah. Which actually I think there's a real takeaway there. It's not, part of it is just like emotional health. Like you, you don't beat yourself up as much, but part of it is like, I think if, if I could critique myself in 2023, you know, you can go back and listen to the podcast. And I, I was talking about growth so much and we tried a bunch of stuff and we actually, I think executed on what the plan was and it didn't work. And looking back, I think I can say why it didn't work. And that's that I thought less annoying CRM was uniquely struggling with marketing and we needed to fix what we were doing to be like everyone else. And it's a completely different strategy. If you're like, Oh no, like most of the growth channels are just completely saturated. And there's kind of a retraction in SaaS in general right now and things like that, that changes what the strategy should be. And I think I think it supports what the strategy is this year, which I've talked about before, but like basically rather than trying to find some 
you know, brand new marketing channel or whatever. It's just like, let's focus on our core uh, strengths and just get a 1% improvement there, a 2% improvement there and try to compound a little more. That's awesome. Yeah. So I feel good but, about but that. But you have to like, uh, JD and I were doing our one on uh, weekly one-on-one earlier this morning and um, we had a similar conversation about something else, which is like, we were, we were, um, <laughs> so, uh, we, Amazon has a business offering for ordering stuff, but they charge a subscription fee for it. And so I canceled that, but it was, it, it kind of messed JD's workflow up because he can't now log in and mm. he doesn't get email alerts and that sort of thing. Uh, cause there's not two users. Um, and so, uh, he was like, can we please set up like a shared email address for Amazon so I can get notified when people get their gift cards, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so, so we were going through Google groups and setting up billing at like a billing at email address for Amazon. And when we pulled up the groups, we saw like five or six variations of JD Cleary at legupelt.com. Mm-hmm. And it was from like last early last year when we were uh, attempting to figure out how to spam people um, <laughs> and get them to, uh, uh, you know, you know, buy from like a health, uh, we, we set up five burner accounts mm. um, for him to like massively spam people and it didn't work. Yeah. But you have to try that stuff to go. Nope. I, I know that doesn't work. Um, we're not going to do that again. Um, and we were, we had that, we went through that kind of change cycle of like, why did we do that? It was so stupid. It's like, no, no, we had to, now we don't have to worry yeah, about that anymore. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And it's hard because the, the reality is it does work for 5% of businesses and those are the only ones you see about on Twitter or wherever, because no one's like, I tried this marketing experiment and it failed, or few, very few people do that. Or I, 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 I'm starting to realize that I, I think there are a lot of thought leaders out there who are full of shit, and they are <laughs> out there saying this stuff is working, and they're, they've got a really pretty story around it. But if you go look at actual like results, they have none. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of that. Yeah, but... I, like, okay, I can't get AdWords to work. Someone's getting AdWords to work, you know? Someone's oh. getting SEO to work. I would say that you do have AdWords working in some capacity, and uh, you're getting leads somehow, and it's working. But it's not like this um, uh, fake success that is yeah. like perfect, which is what is di- like sold and talked about, because no one is doing that. I, yeah. It's not 5% is what I'm trying to say. It's like less than 1% is, is my okay. point. But yeah, there are six there. I agree. Most of, most of the bullshit out there is fake. Some of it's real. Um, I, I personally know people who have done the thing you were trying to do that worked. Uh, but, um, okay. The uh, one of the if if I had to say one specific takeaway, like I know I said I didn't like learn anything directly to apply, but while I was giving my presentation, one person kind of gave some feedback that really resonated with me, which was I, I forget exactly what I was talking about at the moment, but I was I was saying one of these things like I have this conflict between what I want to do and and what everyone else thinks I should do, and he basically said, you know, how, would it be bad for the business if you left? And I was like, yeah, I think so. Like, not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm an important part of the business. And he's like, it's okay to do things that will keep you around for the rest of your career versus doing things that will make you lose interest in the next couple of years. And so, you know, going to Big Snow itself is one of those. Like, I feel super energized after doing that. And I I have the I still have the sense of guilt because I'm like, I wouldn't I wouldn't want one of my employees to go take a week off work to go snowboarding and hanging out in a hot tub. So I do feel kind of like a hypocrite, but it's true. Like, like his point was, if this is going to give you more energy to stick with this for a really long time and stay engaged, like that's pretty valuable to the business. 
I think that's probably a reminder that a lot of founders, especially startup to last types, need to hear of like, yeah, we talk about growth, we talk about product and execution and all this, but just doing what you need to do to be able to stay in the game for a long time, like in terms of mental health, uh, just sustainability in general, like that's a really important thing that doesn't get talked about a lot. Totally. Uh, Yeah, I mean, what an excuse to do whatever the hell you want to. I love it. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, there, <laughs> this is a very slippery slope, right? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, like you, like it, I think it governs itself though, because like if you if you ruined the business, like that is not something that that would make you happy. And so, like, it there there, I think it it naturally like kind of has limits um, to it. The type of limit it doesn't have that I want to impose on myself is like you can end up in a situation where, you know, I have the corner office and I show up whenever I want and have no accountability to anyone. Cause I'm like, well, isn't it important that I stay engaged in the business? This is what I want. And but that's not engaged in the business, by the way. Well, okay. But you, you could give the argument, well, I'll quit entirely if, if I can't do this shit, if I can't, you're, you're be a not going to do that. Boss. No, I'm not going to, but I, no. we're saying this out loud for the benefit of the podcast <laughs> to say like, yes, this logic has significant limits. <laughs> But if you're on my side where you probably overcorrect and feel like too much, like you can't do things that actually would be good. Uh, anyway, I found that valuable. Uh, and then, yeah, my final thing is I just I, I walked away with a lot of confidence that the cup holder project thing that I've referenced last couple episodes, the idea of just there's no strategy to our product at all in 2024. It's I just want customers to be delighted by the product. That's it. And we're going to do the things the highest impacts to effort ratio things we can do to make our customers like our product. So that's, I, I came out of this just thinking 2024 is going to be so simple. I'm not saying it's going to work, but what we're going to do is going to be simple and straightforward. And, uh, I just have like total confidence that that's what we need to be doing right now. That's terrific. Um, can you talk about the marketing sales gimmicky tricks that are in a generic way that perhaps could help leg up? Like, is there anything that you can think of that was like, Oh man, I wish that worked for, Le- for that might work for leg up health. So the the best ones I heard were for more of a like kind of sales driven versus kind of self serve marketing driven. So less annoying is like very self serve. I, I guess less leg up health kind of in the middle. Like it is a sales motion, but also pretty low ACV. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to think like like what? Well, well, so one person did go through what what you were just talking about, basically, uh, for lack of a better term, spamming people. And I think what you described is a lot less sophisticated than what you need to do to make it work. I think you need to have totally separate Google accounts, and there's the software that will like start sending we emails. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah, it's called warming up the account. If you were using Google Groups, though, I don't think that is... no the Google the Google Groups were um, forwarding emails from the accounts that we had archived. So we oh, originally okay. had a uh, separate Well, account. no, I, sorry. I think they're all supposed to be on different domains. Yeah, we, that was the next step. If we okay. had gotten any traction with that, we were going to set up a multiple gotcha. domains. I hesitate to say this because like, I, I don't think anyone should do this, but <laughs> also it's a, you know, it's an arms yeah. race, whatever. Um, I think well, our messaging was like probably not, not, not the best at the time. And so it'll be interesting to see as we start working on outbound again, whether we can maybe we revisit that, but I just don't think it's right. I think, um, I'd rather be more targeted and qu- like higher quality, lower volume than, yeah. the, than the, 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 that's a, that's a spray, like that's a spray and pray approach. The people I've heard for, from whom it has worked well, it's like 
we have a super clearly defined customer and we can actually tell who they are based on like their LinkedIn profile. It's like, it's sort of spam in the sense that it's automated, but it is like, you have a, you should have a very high hit rate. I think, um, that's, I'm, I'm aggregating together what multiple people have told me here, but what leg up health has is like, Hey, you run a nail salon. Do you want health insurance? Or, right. I, I mean, is more thoughtful than that, but I don't think it was, you, you weren't able to pre-qualify people as well as the other people I heard. From. And the other factor is like, there's like three buckets of value propositions. There's like make money, save money, be more productive. And the only, the, the only value proposition in my opinion, that's like makes people like run to the phone to call a solicitor back or to like, you know, jump on a meeting as a result of a cold email is you're going to tell me how to make more money. And I, and I believe you like, mm-hmm. like, Oh, you're going to save me, you know, 10% of a thousand dollar per month expense. That's not that interesting to me. Yeah, Sorry. Like, yeah. um, but like, like I think a lot of, I, I'd be curious if like the, the businesses that are succeeding in this are like, have a, have a, a value proposition of like, let me help you grow your business. Let me help you grow faster. Let me help yeah. you make more money. And uh, yes, the, 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 there was one person there in particular who uh, was, I would say succeeding at, at growth stuff more than most. And uh, what you just described is exactly right. It's like, in a week, you will have made more money if you if you do this thing, and it's very easy to prove. Yep. Yeah. Like, why wait for a? What, there's it's a no brainer call to take. Yeah. Um, cool. And then the other one, I I don't want to say the entire. He probably wouldn't care if I shared the exact tactic, but also the point of Big Snow is you're not supposed like yeah. it's a small. So don't yeah, I don't share, violate anything. Let, let me just generically say there are a lot of um, ways you can get someone on the phone not for us or there's there are a lot of ways you can communicate with someone that's not about sales so for example like i want to do a case study on you i want to interview you i want to you know do that type of thing and it had never occurred it always occurred to me you do that thing for your current customers um as a way to like build content that other people want to read it never occurred to me that if you reach out to somebody asking to interview them not so that anyone else in the world will ever see that interview, but as a way to start a conversation with a lead. That's a kind of, that's, it's like galaxy brain shit that I would never think of. I was uh, trying to be vague, but did that make sense what I was saying? Yes, okay. it does. Interesting. Um, I need to start a Utah health insurance podcast for small business owners. Something along those lines. Now, it's probably not worth it for like, you don't want to do an hour long podcast interview just to generate a lead. For 10 a, minute interviews. 10. Well, yeah, fair enough. I think the reality is not many people turn down health, a chance to health insurance. Real talk. Utah <laughs> small business edition. Yeah. Or, you know, minute so, episodes on why health insurance sucks. <laughs> yeah. And no one would listen to it, but it doesn't matter. The yeah. point is to get the, the conversation <laughs> or like, I wonder if, you know, magazines or, uh, you, you know, news like, all, all this content stuff is hard if you want an audience. Mm-hmm. If you don't care about the audience. You just care about getting people to talk to you to create the content. It's it's a completely it's different game, right? It's brilliant. Like I could just see like there's a whole no, number of ways to skin that. So that's a really interesting idea. Yeah. Um. So those are uh, those are my main takeaways. But yeah, I I thought it was great. I'm I'm not much of a networker. I know you are. You have you have a big Rolodex. I don't. Um. Anyone out there listening, if you don't have a big Rolodex like me. A, say yes. If someone asks you to do something like this, say yes. And B, uh, if no one asks you to do it, go do it yourself. I, I think it was is a very good use of time for me. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. 
what else? What's on your mind? Well, I'm. I think I I mentioned that I've been I, I've I've been doing a lot of travel. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out how to travel f- uh, and not get exhausted. I don't sleep well in hotel rooms, and so when I travel, if it's multiple nights, like I get progressively more exhausted because I'm like waking up at every sound, and I don't know if that's just a me thing or if that's just how other people are. Um, so I've been trying like this past couple weeks. I tried like short trips, like. Uh, one nighters, and I'm maybe mm-hmm. even gonna try a day trip next time. Um, but it's still like the the first trip was fine, but I had another trip back to like kind of like within the same week. Um, and so it was like going on a, a long trip. I yeah. never recovered from the first one. Um, but I, I don't know if you have any tips on traveling. I, I just can't sleep in the hotel rooms. And um, I, I think like the best thing for me to do is probably just to like take an early flight, take a late flight back, and just sleep in my own bed. That makes some sense. Do you, do you know why you can't sleep in a hotel room? Like, is it noise? Is it light? Is it pillows and mattress? Probably all of the above. It's I think it's mostly noise and like, uh, it's I think it's primarily noise and then temperature is a factor. But um, I usually just put it as low as it can go in the hotel room and it works out fine. Yeah, I feel like hotels have more temperature control than most houses do. Yep. Um, I so I just to Big Snow I for the first time ever brought my own pillow. Um, my wife and I are both we, we we got these pillows that we absolutely love, and now when we whenever we go to a hotel, we're like I can't sleep on this shit. Um, I like have have you tried bring a pillow, bring an eye mask, bring like a noise machine, um, like whatever you can to kind of the neutralize. noise machine. I think you know that's probably the biggest. We sleep with massive noise machines in our in our in our bedroom at home, and I bet that's like that would probably be an unlock. As would a pillow, but I'm not going to carry a pillow around. Like that's just not going to happen. So Why not? my pillow is massive. It's like so I got a travel size version of my normal pillow. Oh, really? I normally use the purple harmony pillow, I think it's called, but they made like a little baby version of it. It like fit fit in my backpack with everything else in it. I'm going to try this noise machine first. That's actually a really good idea. Um, because I think that I think it's actually like these these non-repetitive sounds like that the air conditioning makes or yeah, the outdoor yeah. noise um, that I think I just like, cause I'm not in my safe space. Like mm-hmm. I just like shoot up like wide awake. The other thing I'd wonder though, is like, so my hesitation with the fly fly back the same night. So a, I feel like air travel takes a lot out of you. Like you're in a very dry environment. You often, I often get dehydrated on a plane. Um, there's, much higher risk of getting sick. Uh, and I'm not even talking like even pre COVID, I would get sick from air travel all the time, like just a cold or whatever, but to get a good night's sleep and then get a cold, isn't a good trade off. Um, you've got the travel time. I, I just feel like the if, you, if you mix are, it up some alcohol, like that even. Yeah. But, and dehydration. then that's the other thing. Like if you're having the alcohol anyway, like if, and you're probably your brains going at full speed, you've got a lot of adrenaline from whatever you were doing that day. Like just, you could be sleeping in your own bed and it's not going to fix that. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's just like that part you mentioned, I was frazzled at the beginning of the show and like it's like part, most of it's travel related. Um, mm. it just like, I did figuring out how to do that help in a healthy way. Um, and that's going to ramp up this year. I'm going to be traveling a lot more than I have in the historically. Um, uh, like up health, uh, we've wrapped up the expense cuts. Um, so it turned off like tons of subscriptions. <laughs> um, just can't but like the biggest subscription that I paid unnecessarily for multiple years was Ahrefs, which is our SEO tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I definitely will will make SEO a big part of Leg Up Health's growth strategy, but I haven't done it yet. Um, 
and I just wasted thousands of dollars on this subscription. Yeah, this is the thing about SaaS is you can just turn it back on when you need it. That's the crazy thing. And so I, I was having all this like anxiety about turning it off. It's been a month now and it's like I'm still getting emails from them that are in a lot of ways more valuable than they were before because they've changed the emails that they're sending to the free version. And the free version is so, actually more valuable. Yeah, we used to pay. And then I thought we were still paying because I still get emails from them and everything. And I logged in to cancel. And I was like, oh, we've been on the free version for the last year. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm, uh, we're profitable now month to month. Um, all the uh, commission stuff is set up. Uh, so I just feel like a huge weight lifted. Um, do, do you have a sense of like total savings uh, from canceling all these subscriptions? Just like five thousand dollars a year yeah maybe if not more cool okay sorry yeah i mean like one one big like group of of savings was all the no code tools that we were paying for oh yeah um that that we we could cancel this year as a result of the platform that you've built um yeah and the migration yeah it's interesting obviously no code is cheaper than hiring a developer and paying like a developer's salary but hosting no code because you need so many different tools it's quite a bit more expensive than hosting a real we're paying hundreds of dollars for a login uh tool we're paying hundreds of dollars for Airtable, hundreds of dollars for webflow hundreds of dollars uh for zapier to to uh, do the zaps um there's probably another tool in there that i'm forgetting but those are the four core ones and all combined it was uh thousands of dollars yeah and i think the hosting stuff that i set up is 40 or 50 bucks a month, something like yeah, that. Yeah, really nice. it, Honestly, it could like, it's not worth the time it would take, but you could host it for five bucks a month if you wanted to like do more DevOps work. Like it's crazy how cheap you can host a SaaS app. The other the other areas of like cuts that uh, I probably didn't need to pay for um, are like collaboration tool cuts. Like we're a really small company and a lot of this time I was just me and I set these collaboration tool, paid collaboration tools up to create documentation when I could have just done it in a Google doc for free. Mm. Um, like so what was kind a, of tools are you talking about? Notion, Slack, um, hundreds mm. of dollars a month for like, uh, or years, uh, hundreds of dollars a year. I think I was, I think Slack was $450 a year. Um, I think notions similar. Um, so it's a thousand bucks right there. So anyway, um, yeah. So DB TBD on notion. I think there's a lot of value in baking notion into our long-term plans at this point, but Slack was there's no reason to pay for the for us to pay for the, the the main version. Yeah, we were just paying for it to get so that certain things could trigger a notification in Slack, which ended up not being worth it. Yep, exactly. Yep. Um, but yeah, like so. So now I'm uh, now that that's wrapped up, uh, I'm, I'm I'm basically moving into uh, growth planning with JD, and um, it's really interesting. I'm I'm really. One of the things we're doing at Leg Up Health right now is um, one of our core values is recharge. Um, we and the the kind of the, the history here is like we we have to push really really hard from October and uh, through January uh, as open enrollment hits, where we become like a very reactive organization and time really is money. Like how many enrollments can you do? And if if someone wants to do an enrollment at midnight, we'll do an enrollment at midnight. Um, pizza in the office, whatever you know it takes. Um, but then like if you do that year round, like it's not sustainable. So recharge is about after outside of open enrollment, making sure that we're enjoying passions, taking time off, recharging our ourselves for the next open enrollment. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, we're giving a lot of space right now at Leg Up Health for JD, for you, for me to just sort of like chip away at things, but like not feel any time pressure. Um, and as part of that, JD started to think about, you know, okay, we've got a goal. 
we're at 100k in recurring revenue roughly uh, per year right now. How do we get that to two, three, or four times that by the end of uh, by by this time next year? And it's really interesting. Like I've given him a lot of space to plan. When we were at People Keep, I would just like say, "I need to plan in a week." <laughs> and so I've never actually gone through an experience like this with him. Mm-hmm. He's coming up with some great ideas. Like one, but like and he, we're kind of dividing it into buckets of of ARR. One obvious bucket of ARR is to get licensed in Texas. Um, and because because he's got like twenty people that were we could make eight clients immediately, and it's yeah. like. Five thousand. It's like somewhere between five and ten thousand dollars in ARR, like with the flip of a switch. Wow. Um, and so there's like he's got like these these like buckets of like this will get us five ARR, and they're like just like things that we know will work. We just need to go do the work. And then yeah, there's it's just like, like picking up quarters off the ground. But if you pick up enough of them, you got exactly, some more money. Exactly. And then so he's he's coming up with a lot of those that I I just like it takes time to think about, but like they. You, you, if you think about them enough, like they become like very simple. Um, but then there's this, uh, like, we're not going to hit our, our growth goals by, by just picking up quarters um, where I think we're just starting to play around with is like, okay, how, how are we going to, you know, really pull a lever of growth? And, and we haven't really, you know, found anything there, but um, mm-hmm. I think we'll, you know, we will. Can I, can we workshop one of these things right now? Cause yeah. you mentioned the whole get license in Texas thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I think I brought this up before and I feel like you gave me a reason why this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to say it again. Cause I don't remember. Like, I feel like back in the day you were the main person doing leg up health and then JD was for a while, but he was in Utah at first. Right. And well, no, he was always traveling, but he had, oh, okay. he had, uh, so he was, he was actually traveling the world, um, in an RV with his family. <laughs> um, and so he actually wasn't in Utah, but his home was in Utah. And, okay. uh, when they wrapped up the RV, the, they ended up in Texas instead of Utah. And okay. so that was sort of like um, unexpected, but, but well, at least when you were like, I, there was a time when you were doing a lot of the stuff and you were in Utah. And I feel like a lot of things were tried out in like the local market that maybe worked, like at least sort of worked, but that the problem is JD's not there. Being in person and doing like spontaneous in-person networking, attending events, saying, I, this is what I do. Like it, it is the best way to grow for leg up health. Right. So I'm wondering if leg, I, leg up health should just be a Texas and like all the Utah positioning should just shift to Texas. Cause that's where JD is. And maybe all those things would start working if he could do it there. I mean, that's, that is a, so the, the, the no brainer era growth is just go get the people he already knows, but this sets up the other experiment, which is what you just talked about, which is maybe perhaps in-person networking is a more effective thing. And JD can actually do that in Utah. I mean, in yeah. Texas. Well, and like, I'm wondering when you do SEO, should you be focusing on S on, on, and he's in Galveston, right? Should, I know that's not a huge, huge market, but like, should the SEO start with Galveston stuff, not Salt Lake city stuff? Because that like, he's at this point, the anchor of the company, I feel like. Yeah, perhaps this, this is, but yeah, this is the kind of stuff that like we're starting to talk. I don't know is the answer, but yes, um, it's something we should absolutely consider and, and, and figure out how to, you know, maximize the test on. Mm-hmm. Cool. Also, yeah, it makes you wonder if when the time comes to bring on a, another JD type, like kind of service person, maybe it's a, being remote could be a feature here, right? Like pick, pick an ideal metro area and find someone there. Yep. And then just run the exact same playbook. We're going to do local SEO for you. We're going to sponsor some local chambers of commerce and so on. Totally. Um, yes. And 
yeah. So, so perhaps like if there's a, there's an argument that if Texas takes off and, and Utah continues to trickle, our next hire being a part, like kind of like a general manager of Utah, uh, person to open mm. up our Utah office. Anyway, it's premature, and that could be me, you know. But but yeah. but it's you know it it may that seems really far away. Um, but but the uh, the idea is that um, yes, uh, I love like I remember um back in the day meeting one of the Uber uh people, and I learned a lot about how Uber grew. But the, what they did was they started in San Francisco, or they started in some MSA. I, mean, I don't know if it's New York yeah, or San Francisco. San Francisco, I think. Um, and then they built a playbook, and then they would basically hire in the local market or hire someone from like a consulting firm and send them into the local market. And they would build a, a, a basically a, a special team for that market. And they would do everything from get the drivers and they would run it like their own little company. Yeah. Um, and I think that will, that is something that we could work that could work well for us um, yeah. on a micro basis. I'm kind of jealous of, I, I often wish that CRM had any kind of local component at all because mm-hmm. every business that has to operate locally has to almost by definition be small scale or it's it's either a massive company that doesn't get the local dynamic or it's a local company that doesn't it's not sophisticated at all and it's just like that's not a niche that most SaaS companies can go after because no no one's like I want to buy a CRM in Cleveland or whatever but yeah you can that that's a potentially a very cool thing okay yep. um I wanted to bring up a couple ideas that uh, growth things we're going to try out that these are ideas that came from uh, podcast listeners. A few episodes back, we had one, I think it was titled Growth is Hard. And I got a couple of responses to that. Um, both of these are, so I want to give, I, I, I'm not, I don't have permission to say anyone's name, so I'm not going to say the specific people, but you know who you are. Uh, thank you for the ideas. And also I'm like, they're both ideas I know about and I just needed someone to nudge me. Um, so I appreciate the nudge. But one is, I have a call this afternoon with um, Corey Haynes from Conversion Factory. Are you familiar with him? Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't, you know, we'll see if we actually end up using them or not. But um, for people who don't know, Corey is kind of one of the bootstrapped SaaS marketing kind of thought leaders out there. But he started a, a marketing agency that does, um, I'm going to learn more this afternoon, but I think like kind of website optimization, web flow design, kind of a variety of things, but all kind of in that ballpark. Um, so we're going to talk to see if we can... Uh, have them kind of help us out with kind of marketing opt like like optimization of our website. Um, that was one idea. I have a couple thoughts on that, and one is like it, it doesn't sound all that interesting. It's like oh, bring on a marketing agency. You know, every company knows that. But a couple thoughts here. One is until recently, I was kind of thinking we need new demand generation. We need new leads coming in the top of the funnel. Like that's the thing that. Uh, like I just thought our, our growth isn't good enough and that's the problem and kind of consistent with what I was saying earlier, I don't think we have to like radically change anything. If we can just get, you know, this, this one interaction got 2% better. This other one got 3% better. Um, I actually think we can hit our growth goals with pretty small optimizations, which is part of what's inspiring this, Mm -hmm. uh, immediate reaction to that. Like, does that seem plausible? Uh, Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I mean, this is uh, one of one of the core values I talk about a lot. At at went it went from windfall, and one of the learnings I've had from working there is leverage over optimization, and that is what you have to play when you're playing the venture game. It's like you have to find the big wins, and like not if you're if you're growing off of optimization, optimization there are diminishing returns to that, and you're not going to be able to 
to, to sustain the level of growth necessary to make the, the economics work for everyone. You're not in that boat. Like there's a whole other game you can play, which is fundamentally optimization and incremental improvements and play it because yeah. like your, your competitors can't. I, that's a very interesting point. Totally agree. Also, I think there is a subset of venture backed companies where that's probably, it's different. And that is anyone with a viral loop. Because if every customer you get turns into another customer down the line, improving any part of the, like it's a flywheel at that point and you can improve any part of it and it accelerates instead of hitting diminishing returns. Now, I don't, we're never going to have viral growth the way Facebook did or whatever, but I do think one of like the, the hypothesis we have right now is that word of mouth is going to be, it's what's worked for us in the past and it's going to be a big part of it. And potentially it actually, again, I'm not expecting exponential growth, but maybe it actually has a bigger impact than it seems like it would. Yeah. And if you believe, if you have any sort of signs that point to like uh, uh, some sort of viral or like multiplying component, um, uh, then incrementally improving that is not uh, optimization, it's leverage. Mm, Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm also excited about this if it ends up happening because uh, like Eunice is our marketer. She's been, you know, it's a 20 person team, one marketer. That's probably like less marketing than especially for a self-service kind of marketing driven growth company like we are. That's like less investment in marketing people uh, than normal. Uh, I don't want to hire more marketing people partially because I don't think I have the expertise to put them in a position to succeed. The St. Louis market doesn't really have a lot of expertise in this already. So you'd have to hire a new person and mentor them. But who's going to mentor them? I certainly don't have that ability. But also, we have money right now, but not long term. Because we're doing this price increase, it's going to get us some runway, but our user growth problem is still not solved. And I don't want to hire anyone in any role right now because I don't want to increase the odds of having to lay someone off in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's another reason I'm excited about, like, can we kind of give Eunice a team of people to work with, but that are on more of a contract basis where it's like, okay... If you know six months from now or three months from now, let's let's get rid of it. If uh, if it's not making sense anymore, I like it. So that, is, about I, that. yeah, if it works, it works, and it's like yeah. I mean, you can keep paying for it. But do you think three months is long enough? I don't know. We're gonna. I don't even know exactly what they do. Um, so okay. I I don't want to f- focus this too much on the specifically conversion factor, although I am optimistic about it. But um, more about the ac- the activities that they the would activity. be doing. Yeah, and yeah. we're also gonna talk to a kind of AdWords type person um, where I think, again, I'm not expecting huge ad like this to become some kind of major channel, but we're already spending several thousand dollars a month on AdWords. If we could pay a person 500 bucks a month to come in and tweak things better than we know how to, it saves Eunice time. She doesn't have to think about it anymore. And we probably get slightly better results. So I, I'm probably like overly hopeful. Marketing never works. Marketing is a scam. Never do it, kids. But I'm still trying. <laughs> uh, What's yeah. the second idea? The second idea is, and again, kind of obvious, but someone needed to say it to me. Um, so we have two growth people. Eunice is doing marketing. Alex is doing what is best described as sales. Uh, well, like we hired him to do biz dev and the, the biggest opportunities are biz dev, but like we don't have a full-time job of that. So he fills in most of his time with sales. But we sell to very small companies. It's hard to make it work. Anyway. Uh, he's been, I've talked about some podcasts, he's been buying leads from like, uh, software advice and companies like that. Um, which is okay. The, the idea, again, we've been in the mindset of we have to get new leads. The problem is the number of leads coming into our website. 
But the idea is, well, we already have a bunch of leads coming to our website that it's it's a self-serve sign-up thing. Like you go, you start a free trial, and then after you do that, we kind of email you and say, hey, do you want to get on the phone, do a demo, anything like that? The idea is, well, why isn't there a talk to sales button on the homepage? Um, there are a lot of things that might not work about it. Like, will a ton of low-qualified people book demos and then it'll be a waste of time? Like, that's why we don't do demos with people right now until they sign up for free trials. We're trying to kind of qualify them a little. Um, but we're going to test it out um, and basically have these go to Alex instead of to CRM coaches. And the 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 question is, can we make it so... Only somewhat qualified, or not only, but enough, the, the, the people clicking this and, and talking to sales are qualified enough that it's not a waste of time. And then B, I'm wondering if this will skew towards slightly larger customers. Because um, most people don't want to talk to sales. They want to just go sign up. So anyway, the, TBD on that, but that's the thought. Uh, there's no reason not to do this because uh, talking to customers is how you learn. And so there's potentially like insights that you're missing out on from people who are coming to the site that aren't talking to you and so interacting with you in a meaningful way that mm-hmm. c- could be an unlock. So on purely the the ability to like learn from who's coming to the site and have real conversations with people, like I think it's worth trying this. I will call out though, you do have a contact us call to action on the website. It's just so like if someone's really like nav. yeah, if someone like really wants to talk to you, like they can get there. The interesting thing is like if you put talk to sales in, in certain places are people that would have signed up for a free trial going to use it. Right. Um, and because they're just like not tech savvy, that kind of thing. Um, it'll be interesting. I think there'll be a lot of learnings that come from this. Uh, the other thing that is similar to this, that that might be worth uh, experimenting with as well is just throwing a chat box. Um, up, so up on we're the website. actually the, the UI for this. Um, I don't think it's live right now, but it will be next week if you go to our website, but it's going to pop up where a chat. So we're not actually going to change anything about the site, but if you stay on the site for 10 or 20 seconds, it'll pop up in the bottom right corner, but it's just a button to a, a calendar booking. Yep. No, that makes sense. I, I think you'll learn a lot from that experiment and it'll lead to, this was a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> oh, like we don't, this is not what we want to do with our time or it's yeah. going to be like, man, we should have been doing this the whole time. How do we, how do we make, how do, how, how do we take this to the next level? Yeah, definitely an experiment. I do want to call out, let's say it kind of works. The next step in terms of how I, like, I'm I'm saying this out loud so you can hold me accountable to this. It's not enough for it to work. It has to work better. Like, none of these are new leads, right? They're people who are already coming to our website. They're already somewhat interested in lessening CRM. They might have gone through our normal flow and paid us anyway. It's going to be very hard to know mathematically. Like, I think there's a difficult thing to measure of like, it's not enough that the people Alex talks to pays. It's that they have to pay at a higher rate than they would have paid if he didn't talk to them. I, I think that discount, like that, that discounts one hundred percent the learnings that you have from having sales interactions, live interactions with with, with prospects. So I think, like, if I look at listening CRM, I think you have tons of interactions with customers that provide feedback. But there's just like, if you look at like the, the the market, there's customers, there's people who are not yet customers who you have a relationship with, or are people coming to your website, and then there's this whole other bucket of people who have no idea what less annoying CRM is, which is your the rest of your TAM. Um, and it's like I think you 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 I think generally you don't have a ton of interaction with prospects who haven't created a free account. Was that, is that uh, true? No. Alex okay. is currently spending all his time talking to leads. The question is, does he talk to leads we buy or does he talk to leads from the website? So I get what you're saying that there's value in those conversations, 
But there's opportunity cost here, which is now he's not having all those conversations with the software mm. advice leads. Yeah. Is he converting so, the software advice leads? Yeah, it's if listen, if our ACV was 10 times what it is, it'd be a great channel for us. Um, it's just like he's probably getting us, I don't know, 10 customers a month. And that's it's something. But given the amount of time he's putting in and the amount of money we're spending on the leads, it's like. Because we don't have better ideas, it's worth doing, I think. But that's kind of the question here is, is it better to to squeeze more juice out of the people already coming to our website? Or is it better to get, even though it's a very small number, these extra people that weren't looking at us at all in the first place? Interesting. Cool. So I think it's going to kind of be vibes. Like, how does it feel to him, basically? Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch because I... Uh, this feels like something you should be doing like e- regularly, even if it's just for a day a month, just to get the insights. Um, I don't know. I, I'm 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 interested in how valuable you find the insights from his conversations to yeah. imp- to, to to feed your product roadmap. And if it's like I already know all this, then like it's not it's not valuable. But if there's what if there's something that you're getting a perspective that that you're not getting, like, that would be like hugely hugely valuable for the product roadmap. I think it's good for you to call that out because people listening might that. I, in this case, I think the people who are the new way is going to be more similar to our normal customer than what he's getting from software advice. Mm-hmm. So I actually think he's probably going to narrow the type of feedback he gets. But yeah, we'll see. Um, if nothing else, I love the idea of like our DNA is serve the like when people come to us, we want them to be, get a great experience, both product, customer service, and even sales, uh, focusing on the people who are already interested in us instead of going out and trying to like be good at marketing and be good at sales is definitely more a part of our DNA to some extent. Like we have to do what we have to do. We have to go do marketing. We have to go do sales, but this is like closer to our core competency. So if we can make it work, I'll, I'll feel better about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right. Looks like we're running up on time. Any closing thoughts, anything else you want to talk about or should we call it? I think I'm good. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm just like, I, I just feel I, I need to go recharge now. So mm-hmm. I, and uh, I need to take a day off. So take a day off, Rick. Yeah, I need to take a day off. Um, probably won't be today, but it'll be someday soon. All right. Um, well, good luck with then, that. Yeah. Are you coming up to Utah soon? Uh, plan on that right now. I'll let you know. Woohoo. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> if you'd like to visit uh, past topics and show notes, check out start to last.com. All right. See ya.